We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. TV slash MIA Heapy. So if you're a loyal uh, Twitch sub or stream or, or, or follow of our stream, we really appreciate that. Today's episode is going to be a little different. Uh, it'll be on the pod feed. If you're listening, you already know that. And for the YouTube audience, that this will be uploaded to. So out to you. And if you're not subscribed, why you're not doing that? We know we get so many views and the subscriber count doesn't match the traffic that we get. So if you love us and support us, please hit that subscribe button. You don't know how much that means to us. That algorithm is our number one enemy. Uh, and shout out to Blue Wire. You know, they're, they're the network that houses us. But there's no co-host. It's just me, but don't worry. I'm not just alone. I brought I brought some help. I brought some backup. Listen, I've been trying to get this guy on the pod for I think over a year now, and it's been tough to schedule from the B-Ball Index, formerly of Nylon Calculus, Christian Narsu. Did I say your name right? I usually ask prior if it's a, for name pronunciation because I'm 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 a little I'm a little rocky. Did I did I do that right? Yep. Yeah. You, you did. We move. Krista, welcome to the... Man, how long have I been trying to... We've been trying to work this out for a minute. Yeah, we've been we've been trying to schedule for a little while. And it's like, you know, either like... It, it, yeah, it's just been conflicts like either way. Like either you can't do it at that time or I can't do it. It's just, yeah, it's been a little while we've been trying to schedule this. Listen, Krista is the... I've been following, you know, Krishna's work and we've had Tim on and, and I know that you, you work with Tim and we've had him on to talk, you know, Lakers heat and, and especially during the finals, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but listen, we have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot to get to preseason is well underway. We're almost done uh, tonight. The heat play the Hawks, which there's like a lot of players that are, that are going to miss time. So that's not tomorrow, actually tomorrow. Uh, they, 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 a lot of players are going to miss time, but uh, Krishna, I had a tweet the other day that garnered a lot of attention by our own, uh, our buddy Duncan Smith kind of made fun of me for it on the TL. I said the heater title good. And the reason why I said that, and I've watched a lot of heat basketball over the year, I've been covering them since, since back in the big three, this team plays in a way that I think is really conducive to all the positive things that they did during their finals run while also kind of filling some holes 
they play with like an intensity in the preseason that has been honestly legitimately surprising in a way that I feel that they're special. They're they're playing heads up. They're playing a lot quicker. They're really covering their deficiencies. They're playing more drop, Krishna, which to me is like one of the big things that I was criticizing them last year because they were like a huge switching team because they had nobody at the point of attack to defend. You had Hero and Dragic and Nunn just getting absolutely slammed on every screen and now, you know, forcing BAMP to kind of switch out and stuff like that. So they've really covered a lot of their holes. I think that I'm a big Kyle guy. Everybody knows that on the timeline. And I'm not saying that they're the favorites, but I do think after the Bucks and the Nets, they have the most championship equity to steal the phrase from Zach Lowe. Am I crazy, Krishna? Am I nuts? Um, well, so I'll, I guess I'll give you what the what my numbers are saying and i'm going to give you what my personal opinion is because i think they they kind of diverge so i i kind of you know last night i kind of tweeted my early very informal projections that haven't really accounted for any age adjustments or um or anything like that and the heat were around i want to say around like a 43 44 win team um based on that and um you know just so like that if if you're talking about as a title favorite like you know that's probably not good enough you know but i'm personally much higher on them than than kind of like my numbers are um so um what i think What's interesting is like, so one of the, I think the reasons that they're not maybe projected as well as maybe they would have, um, if I'm say I was using a multi-year version here is like Kyle Lowry last year had a decline in impact. Um, so you can, whether you look at LeBron or EPM or kind of really across the board, he had a decline in impact. Could you let and, our audience know what, what LeBron is? Cause I know that some, some folks listening might not know you, you're, you, you, do analytics, right? And you have you you guys have created at B Ball Index a lot of stuff. Can you maybe explain LeBron a little bit for the audience that might not know? Because I know I know that's huge. Oh yeah, 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 sure, sure. So essentially, LeBron is a um, player impact measurement, um, and so it, it measures your impact on the team. Um, and there's kind of two components to it. There's like a box score component, and there's an on-off. Um, and um, the on-off is essentially adjusted for all of your teammates um so like if you play with you know really bad teammates it's going to take that into account and if you play with really good teammates it's going to take that into account um so yeah i, I guess uh I, I don't know if you want me to go in, in no I, I just i guess i want the audience to understand and, and you guys were, were recently uh, i think executives voted you guys one of the 10 best metrics right yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, w I just kind of want the audience to know that this is like a, an encompassing metric that adjusts for a lot of noise and it's really, really good. And like NBA teams are using, you know, Krishna's numbers and stuff like that. So I, I just kind of want for the audience that doesn't know to get a picture of like what exactly, you know, who you are, and what exactly we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, sure. And um, and one of the things with LeBron that it does is um, it kind of stabilizes a lot of the numbers. So, you know, you can have, you know, you have small sample sizes within i mean this tends to be more of an issue within the season but you know once the season's finished you have more of a large sample size but we still have the stabilization essentially what it does is it kind of adjusts for like the small samples that you see so if like 
you know, during the season, if like you played like five games or 10 games or something, um, you know, and your three point percentage is like 60%, it's like, you know, we're going to say, well, no, it's not really that good. But um, so, yes, um, it, it's essentially a player impact metric and the scale is kind of, you know, it's ranges zero, usually from around like minus five to around plus five. And it's basically your impact on the team. And Kyle's um, went down last season. And, he had a down. And yes, Kyle's went down last season. And what's interesting is like, if you look at kind of his box score stats, um, and I actually, I, I haven't actually, we have a box score component, which I, I haven't actually looked at, but if you look at like his true shooting percentage is, you know, three point percentage, just all of his kind of basic stats, you don't really see it go down that much. So, um, but if you kind of look at the on off, that's where you see where his numbers kind of went down last year. And, you know, I don't know if that's, again, I think that's like the, the, there's a lot of weirdness with the Raptors season playing in Tampa. Um, so I think, you know, I, and he, and look, he is kind of getting older. So like certainly one explanation, probably the one you wouldn't want is that, you know, he declined cause he's getting older. Um, but I also like my personal belief right now is like, I think our aging, like, I think the way we think of aging curves got to kind of, I think we got to kind of change that perception. Like players are playing better, older. And if this is kind of true in every sport, like, you know, across sports, like in, you know, tennis or football or whatever, like whatever sport. Fetter's 40 and contends for, for slams. Like it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And then like in football, you got like Brady at like 44. Like it feels like in every sport because of like, you know, the advances in medicine and, you know, training, you know, and stuff like that, like players are playing longer than ever. So I think, and like, we saw that a bit with Chris Paul is like still chugging along. I think, Um, I think Wade's a good example of that because I mean, before, you know, the, the, the surgery they did on his meniscus, uh, I'm not a doctor, but from, from what I understand, they basically had to open and like fillet his like insides of his knee. And nowadays we have like really non-invasive procedures for those kinds of things. So players can play longer. Their bodies last longer. They're just the, the, the medicine that we have now is a lot more um, less invasive, safer, helps guys not deteriorate as quick, even though the minutes have. And, and I think the load management is, is helping as well. Yeah, that's true. The load management. Yeah. I mean, everything is about like maximizing these players, like as long as they can go. And I think that's probably better now than it was like 20 years ago or something. I think the rules too, the game's a little less grueling, right. In terms of like, you know, getting beat up and being physical and stuff like that. The space helps. And yeah, well, some more spacing. So yeah, you're not getting beat up as much and certainly more threes. I, I would think like, you know, shooting a three certainly is, less work and like you know it's, it's the burst on, on the knees. body than, than like going inside and among the trees and trying to finish and stuff so certainly that might help too um i i haven't really seen any you know numerical evidence that you know our the aging kind of is you know the way players age has changed but i think you know it'd be kind of it, it's kind of more of a recent phenomenon so we might need you know more years or something like that. But yeah, so I mean, I think the the explanation for Lowry is like either, you know, he is actually getting older and <laughs> like, you know, his play is declining or, you know, he had a kind of a, a wacko season and 
um, Tampa where, you know, you know, things just kind of didn't go that well. And on like, short they rest because they Tampa. played game seven till the second round and then they had to turn around real quick. And we saw a lot right. of the bubble teams, you know, sans Denver. I think Denver was really the only one that came out swinging, right? All, all those other teams that went deep in the bubble, you know, they all had kind of a, la- a la- lag layover Raptors and in, in, in Tampa and all that. And Van Vliet kind of gave voice to to some of the problems. It was like, we didn't really know, you know, whose responsibility was what. Like, Kyle's here, but it's really like a passing of the torch. And it's like, I didn't know, and Pascal didn't know. And it was, there was some weirdness. And I, you know, as he Twitter knows, I I, I do love me, my Raptors. So, you know, I I got to see them quite a bit. Um, I do think that there's a little bit of aging with him. I think defensively, I think that's, and I think that's typically the first thing to go, I think, on offense. His, uh, his EPM on offense last season, his estimated plus minus uh, via dunks and threes, was really good last season. And I know that uh, despite the Raptors having a really bad record, uh, they were like, had a positive point. They are like a top 10 point differential, uh, <laughs> you know, pre All Star break, you know, before the trade stuff happened and they really went full tank. You know, they had a positive point differential, even though they were losing games. But I don't, Chris, not, I don't think he needs to be, you know, he was almost 13 all NBA you know, uh, like a season and a half ago, right? Like, I don't think he needs to be that level of player. I just think he needs to be, you know, hover around 35 to 38% from three, give them some sort of downhill zip that they just haven't had at all. It's just Jimmy or bust. And be a guy that can defend the point of attack because they haven't had a, a, a competent defender. And in their finals run, they did a lot of hedge and recover. They did a lot of switching. You know, Dragic survived, right? But, you know, Kemba never really made him pay. And it wasn't until the Lakers where LeBron would just find the smallest dude and have him screen where it really became, you know, untenable. But, I mean, that'll, that'll happen to anybody. But, you know, their kind of shift to play more drop, the kind of shift from Bam not triggering on the elbows as much, before last season, it was all dribble handoff from the elbow, you know, have a shooter fly off, bam, roll or do whatever. Now it's Kyle doing a lot more high screen and roll, bam being low, right? And them running motion off of that. So he's in a more dangerous spot on the floor. He can take a catch a pass, take one dribble is to the rim, right? You know, and, and if teams want to switch, like that was the popular coverage on Miami last year, you know, you switch any of their handoffs or anything, you know, bam's a lot more quick and willing to seal a guy and, and get an easy one. So I, I just think Kyle, you know, he doesn't have to be this elite level guy, but the fact that he does push pace and everything that I said, he kind of restores natural order to a roster that I feel didn't have any. I still think they're missing a, a power forward and, and a guy at the wing, but everything Krishna just makes sense to me. Right. Um, I I think it's interesting. I, I, I do think they're going to need closer to like Kyle from like his like not certainly like I, I don't want to say they need like prime from like you know the first Kawhi season the first post Kawhi season he was like absolutely that was the best season of his career in my opinion like I, I don't think okay. he needs to be that um yeah I don't know I don't I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that although I think part of it is also about like what is the competition like in the east and like right now like so with Brooklyn, if like, so Brooklyn's probably not going to have Kyrie all season, right? Like if Brooklyn were fully healthy, I would say you probably do need closer to that. Level oh yeah. <laughs> of to, to compete with them. Right. But you know, Brooklyn's kind of a little lower now. Um, and you know, there's still Milwaukee too. Um, I think after, I, I, like, I think like everybody else, I would probably kind of slot them in, in that group right after, you know, 
Brooklyn, Milwaukee. I think um, I also I think they could you know upset Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the playoffs. Like I, I like them a lot better in the playoffs. I think just because like the depth's not going to be as much of an issue and stuff. So um, and I I also like I don't know how hard they're going to push in the regular season. Although based on the preseason, it kind of looks like you know like yeah they're not going to be like. Christian, oh, yeah. that's crazy. They're like taking charges and arguing calls in the preseason. Yeah. And and they're they're playing quick. They're, they're playing they're running hard, bounce filling the lane hard. Kyle's heads up, outlet passing, sprinting on 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 sometimes makes. It it's been kind of surprising. But then like, you know, what is Kyle Lowry? Like he's all about like taking like like I was saying earlier, I don't know if they're going to push it that hard, but like it's Kyle Lowry. Like, you but know, think of the makeup. Jimmy, of course, they're gonna push it. Jimmy, Kyle, PJ—they're like crazy. Yeah, yeah. like, like yeah. these guys are. So, like, it, so it might be more about whether they can hold up for all eighty-two games. That's right? my thing. Like, you know, and and that's a big question mark. Like, they're they are older, and I like I just don't know if they're gonna hold up. And Lowry, Kyle's had like you know, injuries, kind of numerous injuries at times. So like, he's never been like. Like I would like, he's never been like the LeBron level durable, but well, before these last few yeah. years, before well, LeBron I, got. Chris, I joke that Kyle has an annual hand injury. At some point, his hand's gonna get messed up. This this is kind yeah. of short. yeah, yeah. It does seem like it's a hand. All it's the time. always a hand, and especially in the playoffs. Always, yeah. I think there was like a like three out of four years he had like a busted hand, and one of those they won the title. But you know, yeah, you're right. It I, wow, it really does seem like it's always a hand. Always a hand. AD uh, used to be the wrist. You remember? AD was always the wrist. Yeah. And then yeah. Kyle was always the hand, and that was my that was always my my gag. Yeah. But like so, the PJ depth concerns me more than Kyle because like whatever if if I mean Kyle will be there for the playoffs and you know that he'll gut it out. PJ PJ's at an age and has very intense mileage on him that I'm more concerned with PJ than the other dudes because I I think Jimmy, you know I. I, and and I think last season totally ran out of gas, and you saw in that that postseason just had no lift on on his layups or jumpers or, or anything. I mean, he was absolutely spent. I mean, he had to do everything for this team. Um, but I, I think with the uh, with the full offseason arrest, and and I think they'll manage his minutes. You know, I think Spo is pretty good at that. You know, historically, but PJ is the guy that I worry about because he's if he if he pulls a hamstring or he gets hurt, they they don't really have a plan B there. I mean, their backup power forward is Markeith Morris, which I don't, I, I, he has not looked good to me at all in the preseason. And I guess you could kind of lean into Jimmy at the four, but you kind of get some, you, you get some issues there with, with some size and, and some kind of mileage on Jimmy that I'm not sure you like. And those lineups haven't been great. So I'm less concerned with Kyle's bill of health. I'm more concerned with, with PJ and what they're going to do with that four spot. Right. And well, I think the thing with PJ is like, like he was so important to that Bucks run, and yet, like, he was pretty bad offensively. Like, there's no way around it. He's been good this preseason, though. I will say um, that. For the Heat, he's been yeah. good. I, that's been kind of surprising. I expected him to be a negative. Um, I, I think the thing with him is like, you know, what's he going to shoot from, you know, three the whole season? Like, if he's. Um, and, and the thing is his threes are always like wide open. So like they, like he has to make them. Otherwise he's totally kind of useless. I think minimum he has to get him at a 40% minimum 40% from the corner. Like, I I don't think they could survive if it's not that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, because 
like he'll get the occasional offensive rebound but like outside of that he's not going to do anything else on offense and our impact metrics were not kind on on pj's offense last year bucks was... fans don't like him man it's it's kind of weird that bucks fans kind of clown him for not being good and it's like usually those kind of guys on a title team you know what i mean like they, but they, they'll ride with bobby portis but like pj is just like oh PJ, right? Like I made a I made a Markeith Morris joke in the timeline. I was like, man, how is Markeith Morris providing less on offense than Nigadala? And they're like, surprised you're not saying that about PJ. And I was like, damn, what PJ do to you? <laughs> well, I do think PJ is like so versatile defensively. Like I like he can definitely like he's gonna add so much on defense. I, I guess I just question what his off like Yeah, no, it's fair. We hurt the heat on offense, you know? And but then at the same time, like his defense, like that the heat lineups that they can throw on defense could be like like it's they could be like best in the league level right like they could be that great krishna um, especially Jimmy, when you got like kyle yeah. oladipo pj bam yeah i mean that that's like that that could be incredible and um and actually i i, I was i had the stat on bam um that i found interesting so like uh uh he's he's like one of the most schematically versatile centers essentially um, so I have, I have the stat and kind of measures like your versatility on pick and roll. And, um, it's, it's based on some of the second spectrum data and he's one of the most heavy switching centers. Yep. Um, and, but he, you know, he's, so he's just so versatile and like the different ways he can play the pick and roll. So I think, um, like, yeah, you can do so much with him on defense in the playoffs that it's. So I, I really think like, what was the there, number? Was there was there like a was there like a, a number? Oh or? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I gave that and let me. I was excited. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so I he was, let's see. I believe he was like fifth last year. Although some of the players ahead of him, um, were kind of more because they were playing some of the other coverage types a bit more. Um, but so he was kind of the highest in terms of the switching bigs um that doesn't surprise me at all yeah so um i mean what what choice do you have when you know if and i i i had a i did a little video breakdown on my timeline where you know the first game of the preseason very first offensive possession defensive possession for miami you know trey young gets the ball up top they run kind of a little side dribble handoff uh miami switches that then the hawks kind of swing the ball up to trey young on, on the opposite side you know, I think it's Collins comes to screen for him up top. And, you know, Trey really likes his screens like two, three feet, you know, outside of the three-point line. So, you know, he has a, a clean pull-up for that three or kind of the, the change of pace acceleration. And that used – and Kyle's on, on Trey. That was an automatic switch for Miami. Automatic. Because they don't want Dragic or Hero or, or none on that island with Trey because what do you, they're going to get beat and now you're in rotation. And that was an, an, a no-questions-asked switch for Miami. And the first possession was Kyle going over on the screen, Bam staying low, not Brook Lopez low. He was up to three-point line, but you know he was able to kind of contain the roller and then was eventually able to come out and contest the shot when Atlanta kind of moved the ball back and forth. And, man, that just gives Miami... Because Miami was like one of the worst rebounding teams in the league last year. Part of that was the switching, right? I think Bam was even under 10 rebounds you know, for the first time in a while. Um, so as far as, but I think in the playoffs, Krishna, that just having that in your back pocket against like a Brooklyn, if they want to run like a, like a four or five pick and roll with Duran or something, you know, now you, you have 
Bam able to switch that on either side, and I right. think you're okay with it. He can switch it, or he can even kind of come up to level of screen and not switch. Like he's just so versatile with kind of the different ways he can play that. Um, so I think, I, like, I'm I'm really excited to like see kind of like what their defense looks like this year. But I think I'm a little more skeptical on offense. Like I think you were saying twelfth on offense. I think if everything goes right, they could. Like, if everything goes right, I. I I'm probably a little more skeptical of that. I, um, but I mean, I, like, who knows with like, so like Tyler, um, if he's like, like, I don't know what to expect out of him, honestly. Like, <laughs> me he, neither, like, man. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, he's kind of like, I guess, their X factor. Um, like, I don't think he's got really star potential, but like, I don't think we need that. How know? do you, how do you feel about this comp for him? I've said since they drafted him. I said Lou Williams without the free throw rate. That's that's a yeah, I like that. Um That's what I that's that, what I see him as. Yeah, that can that's gonna help you offensively for sure, right? Like and, I mean he has to get there. Like I think that he I think for all the warts, and I'm really critical of him, I do think he's pretty good at getting to spots he likes. He just can't get separation, which is why he can't get to the line. But I think like Lou, he has a lot in the bag, and now he's added that little sidestep three, which I think is gonna be really helpful. And if the floater's legit, you know, I think he can kind of replicate a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. I think um I think the question though is like like is that gonna happen? Like, you know, when is that happening? Because players develop at different rates, right? Like it could be like like you see Julius Randall last year, right? So like you can you can never really predict what a player's gonna be. <laughs> Um, but like, I don't like this heat team doesn't really need him to be a star. Right. Nope. So like, they just need him to like positively contribute in a way that can like, so, you know, complement like their starters and, um, and give them good bench production. I think he just needs to help the bench not drown because last yeah, season, exactly. give them good bench production. So like, you know, and like, that's the, one of the big questions with the heat this year, right? Like, is their bench going to be good enough? I, I think that's where I'm kind of skeptical. Do you know the on-off stuff with Jimmy last year? I know that, I know that you're a big Jimmy guy. Do you, do you know how yeah. bad it was for Miami? Oh no! Well, how, how bad? <laughs> so they were they were plus seven net with Jimmy on the floor, net rating with Jimmy on the floor, right? So the year the year prior, the year that they made the finals, uh, they would they were breaking even. They were just play. They were like plus zero point one or minus zero point one, right? With, with Jimmy off, so they were just kind of surviving. And that was when Tyler had a good year. Last season, they were minus seven. So they, they, they would just totally careen the other way when Jimmy sat and they, wow. they would just drown. Right. So then Jimmy, right. Jimmy had to play more minutes than he, than he needed. Right. And then he would just get, and that's why I think he was kind of gassing the play and on both ends. And I know that, you know, his work on the nail and, and his work as a help man was just freaking <laughs> outstanding, but yeah, they were drowning. Well, there, <laughs> that's why he was, uh, what was he like fifth in LeBron, I believe, um, or fourth or something. Actually one of, uh, the impact metrics I've been working on, he was like first or something like that <laughs> last year. Let's which go. Is... Love to see it. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it it wasn't the finished product, but I was like, wow, that that's interesting. Um, but yeah, like um, yeah, th- I mean that's exactly why. Like, you want to know why his LeBron was so high last year? There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he was so... like fifth in uh, in in defensive estimated plus minus too. Yeah, just like, yeah. I think like every impact metric loved him last year, and I and that's why like I 
where did I see him on like ESPN's rank? He was like 13th or 14th or something yeah. like that. And I was like, wow, that's kind of low. Would you, um, would you have him ahead of Paul George? I know Paul George had a great year last year, but like you. Yeah, I think, well, that's a that's a fairly close. I'd have him ahead of Tatum, by the way. Oh, um, me too. I, I, I Yeah. Yeah. For sure. um, I think definitely before last year, I would have had him ahead of PG. Um, PG had a really good year last year. Um, Redeemed but, himself in the playoffs too. <laughs> he needed that man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the PG certainly, if the, you know, if, if I was choosing one, he certainly closed the gap a little. Um, I might still take Jimmy, but um, I think and I think he's got an argument. That you could argue over Dame just because of like. I mean, I get the question with Dame. Yeah, I that, like what I'm hearing, Krishna. I like that, it. You speak in my thing. language. But the, I mean, the thing, like, at least based on some of these impact metrics, man, Dame's defense is like really, really, really bad. And like, Jimmy's not nowhere close to the offensive player. But um, you know, at least if you're like, if if you really believe Dame's defense is that bad, which I don't know that it is. Like, I don't know that I would say he's like one of the ten worst defenders in the NBA. You know, maybe maybe is his lineup certainly don't help. They don't do him any favors. Yeah, they don't do him any favors. I mean, this is if I was if I was making the case, it would be you know based on Dame's. I said this after the finals run, by the way. Like when we were doing our our like preseason pods or like our, our yeah all that. I was like, what's the argument that Jimmy's not top ten right now? Like like I'm I'm being real. Like I'm like have him ahead of Tatum, have him again a Dame. Now a Dame had. You know, obviously, like an MVP level year, and Jimmy got outscored by Bryn Forbes in the playoffs. So you know, it's a little that, that clown face uh, gif, but there's certainly an argument there that he is at least one of the 12 best players in the league still. Should have been, by the way. I mean, people like like Lowe and Arnovich were saying that he has like a legit All NBA first team case. Yeah, season. And I I'm yeah. totally there. Like, absolutely. If not for health, I think he makes it. If not for the, I, I the think COVID. probably his playoffs kind of hurt his his kind of perception because like if you look at where it was like after that bubble playoffs and and kind of what he did and then like last year and to me like it was a really bad playoffs but you know it's what five games like krishna what so you you have a more national perspective right so like us you know miami and we're like oftentimes making excuses but excuses are oftentimes explanation as dan libertard says but you have the bubble you have this really short layoff. You have everything I just told you about the on-off numbers and his responsibility on both ends of the floor. Uh, and in the playoffs, I think he looked kind of gassed. And I think Duncan the same. And I mean, I thought the, the tell with Duncan was he'd set a screen, then flare, and then he wouldn't move after that, which is like, and he's he'd played every single game for two straight seasons. I mean, I don't know how fair it is to take that playoffs and that's why I'm asking you, like, from a like, are we just are we just being Homer fans that are we're just making excuses, or like, do we have like something legitimate, like, hey, like, that's not real, that's not who he is, and that's not who they are. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I think, like, as with all things, like, for me personally, I don't like to look at like just one playoffs. Like, I like the the way to look at the playoffs is really you got to look at like a three year sample. And so, like, if you took Jimmy's three-year sample, he would look a lot better, right? Like, he probably isn't as good as he was in 2019-20. Like, he, you know, he might have been, like, the second or third best player in the playoffs that year or whatever. But Nova. He's, so he's, <laughs> what? He yeah. was Nova, yeah. Was, yeah. Wasn't even the leading scorer, by the way. 
That was Dragic. Dragic was Miami's no, leading score, scorer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like in terms of overall impact, and that finals like was just incredible. But you know, he he might not necessarily be that good, but he might not be. But he's not as bad as he was last year. So it's kind of like somewhere in the middle, you know. Um, but in general, I kind of think Jimmy's underrated nationally. Like I, I think. Like I was kind of surprised to see where he landed on on some of these like rankings, but I think that could just also be like the way he finished last year. Like it was just not a great, you know, finish, and um, and certainly like like being covered by Giannis, like that's you know, Giannis incredible defensive player. Like that's that's hard, you know, um, and you could blame like part of that like is his teammates, right? Like you got to be able to get him better shots and. You know, it, it, I like last year in the playoffs, like none of them were really helping out either, right? Like it was just, it was just a bad series. Bam was awful. So, I think Bam yeah. skates more than Jimmy. I thought Bam was just. Bam was, yeah. Awful. I think that's the one where Bam was like really, really bad. Yeah. Bam was bad. Duncan, I think, was. T- I give, I, I, out of all of them, I give Duncan a, a huge pass because, I mean, he's just been so consistent for them. Right. And, and if they're switching, you know, that that two five DHO, like that stops being his responsibility. And that has to be Bam punishing the small guy. Right. And, and he just never right. did that. And then as, as far as Jimmy, you know, those guys weren't hitting shots. Right. So when he would have, you know, in, in, in the bubble, you know, it was like, OK, well, who is George Hill guarding? I want him to screen for me. And Jimmy would just bully these small dudes. Milwaukee, credit to Bud, you know, we're, we're kind of showing recovering and Jimmy didn't have the legs to punish that. And that's really whenever, whenever Bryn Forbes is on the court, I mean, they were trying to get him in pick and roll and he was show recovering. Jimmy couldn't get by and, and that coupled with, with Bam just no showing. And, and then all the, I, I just, it's just a recipe for disaster. Yep. Um, yep, for sure. And uh, I mean, I think they should be better than this year's playoffs too, especially now that you have PJ. Like, I'm I'm really fascinated to see their defense. Really, like, their defense, you know, could potentially be as good as like, well, maybe not as good as the Bucks last year, but you know, it could be at that level. I was gonna and, ask you, like, what's what do you think like their upside defensively is? Because I'm like, for them, their their win conditions, you know, to be a legit threat, they have to be a minimum top five defense. And I think they can get yeah. there. I think they can get there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't, because I don't think their offense is going to really be like, like they're not going to win. If they make the finals or if they have a deep run, it's not going to come with, you know, their offense. I will know? say this, Krishna, if Duncan has, so like Duncan was, you know, the, the finals run year went from historic shooting season, like historic, I think, I think the number was 1.6 points per possession off Bam and Duncan DHO, which is just like, that's like insane. Or it was closer to, it was close to two. It was like something ridiculous. I remember Nikias, shout out to Nikias, uh, tweeted that out at one point. And last season was just a really good shooter, not a historic shooter. And Miami's offense nosedive because I think they were seventh the year, the, the bubble year in, in offense, right? Just that, that whole regular season, they were seventh. And they had, I think, five guys shooting over 40% from three. It was none. It was Duncan. It was Tyler. Uh, it was Olenek and it was somebody else who I'm and Dragic. So if they, if they can get Duncan up to like, you know, 42, like he was right. Like a really, really good Duncan shooting season. 
If Tyler can get back to a 40% or 39% shooter, if Kyle can hover around, if Kyle has a good shooting season, right, like 37 38%, and if they can get one of these other guys to pop from three, I really think that they can, I really, really think that's going to help them. If they play a little quicker, they can kind of offset the Jimmy Bam negative spacing because Jimmy and Bam do cut and move really well. Yeah. So like that's like I'm banking on that going right so they can be like from that like that 12 to 10 range if everything goes right. But I agree like the offense is what's going to be like I'm going to watch out like a hawk. Like what are they how are they performing? What are they doing? How is their spacing? I guess kind of also what I'm expecting is like I am kind of expecting PJ to be in those closing lineups and I just like if so if like Tyler you know, is like in the closing lineup instead of PJ. I think you'll definitely have way more offensive. Like, oh, I, I don't see that happening. I, you know, but like I, yeah, like I just see PJ closing, and I, I, I mean, I, I just don't, I don't believe in him offensively. Like, I, I don't think even, even if he's shooting decently from the corner. Who do you have? Who do you have them closing? Um. Yeah. Let's see. I actually had. Um, so actually, I'm gonna pull up some numbers for you too because I was kind of looking, using our lineup creator tool mm-hmm. um, and fooling around with a, a few of their different lineups. Um, and I think the one I was kind of looking at here was Lowry, Duncan, Jimmy, uh, PJ, and Bam. So I love that lineup, but Spo does not like to close with Duncan. Okay, so you think who? who I you think, think Tyler's there for Duncan. Now I would like Duncan closing. But Spo always goes for ball handling over just shooting like that, and it's just been. If you look in the fi- in the bubble playoff run, it was always Tyler closing. Last year in the regular season, it was always Tyler closing, even though Tyler played like, like, like frankly like shit. And even if Duncan would have, I like Duncan has to be like on one for him to close, which is I, I don't understand why, but Spo has always, even since the big three days, always valued who can put the ball on the floor and who can make a play, rather than. How is my spacing optimized? Yeah, I mean, well, I guess if like if Tyler's closing, then it's got to be like he's like that three point percentage is gonna have to be up, right? Like now, maybe they change. Maybe maybe you know, with a lot to play for in the regular season, maybe they don't go that way. But just historically, that's kind of what Spo's always done with him. The other thing is, if you're playing PJ, I I feel like Duncan has to be out there. Like it's almost like you know, (laughs) negating PJ's kind of bad spacing um and and the interesting thing is like so you might look like look at pj's um three-point percentage and be like oh that's not that bad but you know per our metrics actually he's got like he's had like the easiest three-point shot quality in the league for like the last like three or four years thank you james thank you james thank you Giannis. (laughs) yeah well yep there yeah exactly that'll that'll do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll that'll definitely do it. And um, and last year I believe you saw a dip in his three point percentage, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he missed James. <laughs> yeah, but but basically, like, you know, my thing is like, if PJ is gonna be out there, then I feel like you need Duncan out there. You know, just because of his movement and like his shooting, just you he kind of like need the opposite. You know. <laughs> I, I, if that makes sense. I was kind of worried because like, I, and, and I, I had some concern with the Riza when they kind of signed him because Miami Spo offenses just don't really park a dude in the corner. 
that that corner gets filled with a movement shooter, right? I mean, in the big three, you know, years he did right, and, and kind of early on, you know, he put Bosch in the corner, and they would run like like Dwayne stuff, right? But now, you know, modern Spo stuff, you know, since Dwayne left to Chicago, uh, they've really kind of shifted from okay, well, that corner is vacated, and a guy is gonna appear there, right? So so that help guy is not coming from there. Right. So that's kind of been their system, which has helped. Right. Because then, you know, you, you, the help has to come from different places and it becomes a lot more difficult to defend them, especially when they have, you know, a couple negative shooters on the team. When they got Ariza and Iguodala, that made it easier because they're not sh- they're They have to be in the corner. So that help guy, it, it, that help guy is cheating all the time, has a foot in the paint every single time they trigger any action. So Iguodala was just a disaster to the point that Andre was doing the Ben Simmons thing where he was just standing in the dunker spot waiting for a dump off pass and then kicking it back out, right? So that was their whole lot. That was like really the Achilles heel of their offense. They bring in Ariza, who I'm like, okay, well, he's a better shooter, right? Theoretically, but you're still going to have the issue where, well, now you have this dude that has to be parked in the corner. Now they tried to do, they, they did some empty side horn sets like with, with, with the guard screening you know, for Bam and Jimmy and stuff like that. So they did some interesting things to kind of create space and movement. But at the end of the day, you know, they can empty a side, but one of those corners is going to have PJ parked, which... Yeah, exactly. He has to be in one has of those to be. Like, he's not going to be anywhere else, so... Um, That's what I'm concerned about, because now they have to accommodate him in a way that we just saw not work with PJ, with Ariza, and with, uh, with Andre. Do, do you think there's anywhere any way PJ doesn't close. I guess that's that's another good question because I've just been be assuming PJ is going to close the whole They don't year. have another four. Because right? it's either him, it's either move Jimmy to the four. And I don't think, A, I don't think Jimmy likes playing the four. Because what you could do is you Well, that's could put, not going to happen in the regular season, I think, right? Like, yeah. That's fair. You could but do I, like I Kyle, playoffs, Kyle Tyler, Duncan. You can go three guards, Jimmy, bam. I think against certain teams you can do that. But I, I just... That's and like they had Jimmy play a lot of four last season and he had to guard up a lot and I felt bad for him. Like they had him guarding Carl Anthony Towns sometimes. You know what I mean? Like they were switching right. them on. So But again, I think that's something you probably would want to do more in the playoffs. Like I, I don't think I don't like the look though. Jimmy. Like I don't like if they're gonna be good, like if they're doing that, something went wrong and they can't win. Because like if you're now if you're if you're scrambling to kind of okay, well, how do we get enough shooting while not falling apart on defense? That, I start getting concerned because that that just... Like, if they're running three guards plus Jimmy, I, I start getting... I was like, well, they did not... Because they, they need to... Krishna, I think it's like consensus. They need to make a move at the deadline or at the buyout market to get a real power forward. Because, like, A, Markeith Morris cannot play with Dwayne Dedman. Like, that's just been a disaster. Markeith Morris is just not good. I don't even know how. The, I mean, LeBron is LeBron should LeBron should have won an award for making Markeith Morris like you know like making yeah, people no, think he's, he's good. He's not good. He's yeah. not. I good. I mean, they have real power forward issues. Like I, I guess, yeah, they like. I don't think PJ is going to cut it. I don't. I don't. I mean, I think I think he can for spots, but like a, I wouldn't like him to start, or I wouldn't like him to play a ton of minutes. I mean, like my guy has always been like Harrison Barnes. Obviously, like that's pretty unrealistic, but like a guy like him fits perfectly it's why i really wanted gallinari when they had that chance to trade for him at the deadline like i just think they need a, a moderately switchable 
not horrible defender at the four that can shoot and play offense and maybe I mean I think less now put the ball on the floor but at, at the very least shoot and like survive on defense so you know you can have a minute eater um, that's you know not Markeith Morris we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore because tick pick that's T I C K P I C K is the original no fee ticket site and the only one that you'll need for your go to NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all those other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. And you know I've already used TickPick. We have the Atlanta Hawks coming into Miami to play the Dolphins. I have a friend of mine coming into town. And you know we have to have our chance to win an Atlanta sports moment meltdown live. So we got on TickPick. We got our stuff. We're ready to go. I'm excited. Now just visit TickPick.com slash HeatBeat today and use the promo code HeatBeat to save $10 off your first order on NFL tickets. Yeah, I I, I agree with that um, because... Yeah, I, I don't think PJ closing like then it's just you're like four on five on offense, and I just I don't really. Like I that. mean, maybe he shoots great. I mean, maybe they get him great shots, and he knocks a bunch of shots. I mean, the preseason it's certainly been fine, but again, preseason. So let's you know. Yeah. First, and, well, the other thing is like I think again that shot quality, right? Like you, he just he can he's really only taking wide open shots. So that's the other thing, like like sometimes you want that corner guy to be able to take like at least semi-contested threes and like PJ's not even really going to do that. The issue with PJ too is that you can't even run like some handoff stuff with him, right? If, if he's uh, the handoff man, you know, if Duncan, because teams are just going to switch that because you right. can hide anybody on PJ. So it's like any advantage that you, that you would have by playing him at, at the four, you kind of lose because they'll just hide a dude and you can't even, because oh, you know what Miami did did a ton was when they would hide, you know, players on on Kelly or whatever. They would just kind of run handoffs, right? And then Kelly put people in the torture chamber. They can't really, they can't do that, right? So, because now you're just gonna switch that, and like Duncan can't beat a switch, and PJ can't beat a switch. So now you've just wasted six seconds on a shot clock, 
and you know you still have the same issue so i think i think jimmy at the four is like a line so like i know you're worried like that would wear him down it and would. i wouldn't want to do that the entire regular season but like if i'm thinking the playoffs and again this is where i guess i i really feel like they seem to be a better team for like the playoffs now like i feel like you could play him at the four in the playoffs it depends against who though because against milwaukee obviously matchups dependent yeah like i mean i think you can get away with it against brooklyn and against boston i think yeah, I, like I think atlanta boston, gets dicey you but you might be able to get away with pj against the bucks oh yeah for sure i don't you know? yeah um so like it's yeah it's definitely all matchup dependent like obviously like i think boston brooklyn you definitely can those might be better lineups for them against those two teams i'd rather play the nets you know as presently constructed than the bucks if i'm a miami and and i might even say that even if they have kyrie just because i think playing the nets simplifies their defense a little bit and i think that the nets defense just isn't going to be good so miami's going to actually be able to offset some of their bad offense because they do run a bunch of motion stuff and that's really where you get guys like kyrie and harden in trouble Right, yep. not so much one on one. So, I, I think my kind of wit crazy wacko take is I I just rather straight up play the Nets and the Bucks. I, I agree. I think they do match up better against Brooklyn than like, especially if you just like look at the individual matchups and stuff like that. Like, if all the people can give you something to defend Kyrie and Harden, right? Like, um, so I definitely agree with that. Um, and especially now with like Kyrie up in the air, like I don't, we don't even know if he's gonna be there. Um, I kind of do you feel like he'll get I don't think he's going to get vaccinated. I kind of feel like he's a kind of dude that will he's a willing martyr. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I mean, he could retire. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Man, let me tell I you something. I think that could happen, you know? I also thought Ben Simmons would not show up to work. Krishna, how do you show how do you show your face? I, that I don't get. I wouldn't be able to do that. You make a stink like that and then just show up. I I wouldn't be able to. I just Simmons? Can't. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I uh, I have my theory as to he's showing up to make shit uncomfortable there. Like he's he's showing he like that's staying at home and away from the team isn't going to get himself traded, right? <laughs> like he's not going to get if you're at home. Like the team's just going to be like, well, you're out of sight, out of mind. Like we don't have to think about you, and we can just focus on ourselves. Now he's in that you know locker room, and he can like you know it's going to be awkward and like it's going to probably hurt their chemistry. And like, honestly, like it feels like he's showing up to like, like he, and if he pulls like the Harden playbook where it's like, Hey, like they actually play him and he's going to like actively be like, I'm not trying, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Jimmy did it the best, man. Let me tell you something. Jimmy went in, made a massive mess of everything, did a whole media tour about the mess he did and got traded to a good team. Yeah, I can, I that might be the best way to do. It. I can't imagine Simmons going. To he doesn't team. have it. He doesn't like. He doesn't have it. Like he he's like not going to start a fight with a team. Do you remember what Dragic did to get traded? Do you remember that? No, what was that? Dragic paid a stink at practice. Just straight up told reporters like, "This place sucks. I don't want to be here." Like he just flat out torpedoed their season by doing that. And he's like, "Yeah, I want to get out of here. I don't like it here. I don't like these people." I want I want to play for a different team. Like the adorable professional Goran Dragic just totally did that in the middle of the Suns trying to decide. That's the only way to get like traded. Like that's the only way. Simmons being at home and like was not going to get himself traded. Like the Sixers are just going to be like cool, just stay at home. Stay at home and we'll like 
we're gonna have really good chemistry because we'll have a bunch of guys who want to be here and like you know like i honestly think simming showing up is gonna make the sixers outlook worse until they trade him or something like i i, I don't see how that works you know like how and especially if the guy is like like if he pulls the hardened playbook where he's like out there and he's like not at all trying and like given simmons issues where it's like simmons needs to be trying otherwise <laughs> like, he's a like like just imagine simmons not trying in a game and like but look at kevin love dude it, it hasn't worked for kevin yeah that's true kevin's intense on a three-second violation is one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life it's oh it's my like God, literally my incredible. one of my favorite yeah no, he's he listens. It's a lot easier to do that when the team's not very good and you're not trying to do anything, you know? Like <laughs> like, <laughs> like it like the Sixers, like if Simmons pulls that, like let's say Simmons stands in the lane for like ten seconds and he just doesn't move. That's kind of what he does anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's <laughs> that's you have a guy in the middle of his prime with Embiid who's like ha- you have to win with him now and like <laughs> it's funny, that man. that's gonna be interesting. I I like I love the NBA, man. We get, we get, I mean, between the Simmons and, and Kyrie thing, it's like, it's, it's so fun. And then Minnesota is the next mess that's going to happen. I, I I can't wait for Minnesota again, Minnesota part two, whatever happens with cat, you know, God knows what'll happen over there. Um, Krista, I know that I've taken a bit of your time. Okay. On the way out, what do you, for you, right? You, you know, basketball index expert, right? Authority on basketball. For Miami to be a title contender, what do you think their win conditions have to be for the season? Win conditions as in like what season? Like what, what do they, like Like a couple things, like boom, boom, boom. What are what are thresholds you think that they need to reach if they're going to contend? Well, I think you're going to have to start with like, they're going to have to be a top four seed because let's be honest, you're not going to win. You're not going to succeed being... You know, without home. I think you could be five. I think you can be whatever team's on the four spot, right? Uh, I think I think it's gonna be hard to win like three road playoff series. I, I mean, mean what, what if what if four's like Boston or like I don't know? I'm not. Are you a big Atlanta? I don't. I don't really believe in Atlanta. Do you? Um, you know what's interesting is like all of my projections are like really high on Atlanta, like all my my numbers and like yeah, I I'm. Like personally, I kind of thought they might take a little bit of a step back, but um, that happens. I don't know. I'm maybe underselling them. One of the things is they were super injured last year. Yeah, Um, they were one of the most injured teams. I think Owen Phillips in one of his newsletters. um, Oh, he's great! Shout out to him. Yeah, and um, I believe they were second, the second most injured team behind Brooklyn, or second or third in terms of wins lost. Um, between Do you all remember where Miami was? That's probably like a tough ask because I mean they they missed a lot of games because of COVID. Uh, I that's, don't. That's I don't. Put you on the spot there, my bad. <laughs> I could. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to we know, we all know it was a lot. Listen, if you watch the team, you know that that was excruciating. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know. I mean, I like. Um. I I, I am I do kind of think Atlanta and Atlanta's got like depth where I could see them being good regular season team. I, I don't know that I necessarily believe in the playoffs, like, you know, but although they made the conference finals last year, I guess. So <laughs> very, very weirdly though. Yeah. Very weird. They got and, the Knicks and they got a wounded duck Sixers team. Right. And I, like, I, 
I know this is gonna be sounding like a weird take, but like I don't think they were better than the Sixers. Like, oh no, no way. You know, like the Sixers win that series most of the time. They just—it was just a really weird. I mean, the Sixers almost won, and Ben Simmons passed from under the basket. Yeah, exactly. And like the blown twenty-point leads, and hey, maybe with a probably with a different coach, they win that series. You know, that was a recipe. That was like the perfect storm recipe for disaster because like that team is like that team had so many issues and so many warts. They were so expected to win. And I don't think that they thought it was a possibility that they could lose until like right in that fourth quarter. Cause I think we all yeah. thought there's no way Atlanta's going to win. This. I, I, Atlanta never wins it. Like what team ever wins that series? Like what underdog team ever wins that series? And you get the Knicks who, by the way, I think the Knicks are kind of dog shit. And I think that last season was so fake. I think Toronto is going to be better than them in the regular season. I don't really understand. I, I, maybe it's media love for New York. I don't know. I think it's so weird. Randall went from 18% pull-up threes to 40-something percent pull-up threes. It says every, the, their three-point percentage defense, everything about what they did seems fake. And I think people just want the Knicks to matter, and I just don't really get it. I, I just don't. I think if they'd return the same team, I would definitely agree that like they were. Well, you're, you're a big Evan Fournier guy. Like, what do we? Regression. No, I just think adding Kemba and like I do think they got a little bit better. I don't know, like, but they might not be better in the stand. Like, I don't think they're gonna. I mean, be we better. talk about Miami depending on dudes that are not healthy. I mean, you're asking. Oh yeah, Kemba. No, I mean, on look, a I don't, Tibbs the team be the four seed again. The Knicks aren't going to be the four seed. I'm not, I'm not saying like you know like to me. Like they're last year, they were kind of like they definitely overperformed. They will be the worst team in their division, I think. They will be, they will be, they could be a better team, but win like way less games this year, relatively speaking, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, I think they did get better, but they're not gonna. I don't think Randall's gonna gonna be as good. You don't think Randall's gonna take like a hit? You think Randall's gonna like maintain that level? It's the shooting for me, it's the shooting that doesn't feel real. The shoot, yeah, Randall's percentages don't feel real but like i remember saying saying this about ingram brandon ingram and like his were real <laughs> you know i was wrong about him too yeah so i mean i would bet that they would you know decline like i i don't think randall's gonna keep up the shooting but like you never know like you know ingram is an example of somebody who kept it up it's so. just the the jump was so high that i'm like it was yeah it, it felt it's a kind of like draymond right and then draymond has like really just not until recently you know shook the reputation of being a shooter right because like he had that one really good year right it went from really bad yeah, to really really good that's a great point yeah like he he went down back to his like normal percent yeah i i guess with, as a like, younger player ingram, too after the ingram jump like in ingram's free throw percentage jumped an insane amount too like uh you know that what was it a few, few years back right but randall was more of a finished product than than and again again guys like i think kyle lowry is a great example of you're never a finished product in this league jimmy another yeah. one right so right but you know randall was a lot further along his development as an offensive player right that it it feels i don't know it just very rarely clicks in that way so dramatically at his age. At yeah, his like age that. with that shot profile. Right. No, it was definitely like... Bizarre. It was definitely much later. Like, definitely more of a... It definitely feels like more of a fluke than Ingram, right? Yeah. But I, I'm just... I guess I'm just giving that as an example because... And you'd be right. I was fired by that because I thought... <laughs> like, 
I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely a fluke. And yeah. it's like, he, he shoots that the next year. I'm like, oh, well, I, I guess I was wrong there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, so that's, listen, there's a lot to look forward to in these playoffs. Christian, I know I only, I told you 40 minutes max. We went an hour. Um, I had, I had a lot of fun. I've been wanting to do this forever. Uh, where, what do you want to plug? Where could people find your work? What, if they want more of you and all the great information that you guys provide, where can they find it and where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can find all my work at B-Ball Index. Um, and my Twitter handle, uh, at KNARSU3 is, uh, where you can find me. Um, and our B-Ball Index Twitter handle is... Um, I'm admittedly looking it up right now. At the B-Ball sure. Index underscore between the and B-Ball Index. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure if there was a the in there or yeah. not. No, trust me. I feel you. I have to check our email all the time. I was like, is it Miami Heat beat or Heat beat Miami? So I trust me, I feel you. Yeah. Um, what do, yeah, what the, do you guys provide over there for people that may not be familiar and uh, Mr. Hashtag Fancy Stats? Yeah, so we have all sorts of stats. We have – so we have – um, various grades. So we have like a playmaking grade, perimeter shooting grade. Um, we have um, various shot type talent. Uh, for example, we have like floater talent, um, pull up three talent. Um, and this is, we're essentially measuring like your ability at each of these different skills. Um, we also have a really cool lineup creator tool that you guys should, uh, that's, that's really fun to play around with. You can um, plug in different guys and see what the spacing of the, uh, of the lineup is, uh, that uses our, uh, catch and shoot talent grades. Um, for example, the, uh, the heat, uh, spacing that I was, the lineup we were talking about earlier with Lowry, Duncan, Jimmy, uh, PJ and Bam, uh, spacing is the, in the 59.7 percentile. There we go. Look at that. So. There's a there's a little sad for you. <laughs> little get get informed, bball-index.com. You can find them on Twitter. You can find Krishna's work. They're they're good. We've had uh, at Tim MBA on uh, a couple times already. You know who also works with you guys. Uh, he's 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 terrific. You guys are terrific. Krishna, thank you so much for joining us. If you guys are listening, remember Hangover Time post game show after every single heat game even preseason we're bringing it to you weird off pregame show coming back at you next week so get ready for that we're really excited remember uh, we're, we're dropping those jerseys that we debuted on hangover time right those those custom casey bannerman jerseys you want that and remember you got to wait uh we have our website relaunching very very soon so be on the lookout for that at heatbeatmiami.com we have lots and lots of great stuff planned for this season thank you to our patrons Thank you to our Twitch subs. Thank you for our YouTube subscribers. I, I know I hammer this home a lot. You guys make everything we do possible. You help us keep the lights on. You, you don't understand what that means to us. You know, we're very proud that everybody who works here gets paid. And we're building really, really great things coming this year. We're, we're growing. And it's our ninth season doing Miami Heat Beat. So thank you to our wonderful audience. And uh, again, season nine, baby. Let's go. We're excited. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.